Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church podcast. We're glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into this week's message. But before we do, I want to encourage you to connect with us online. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and this very podcast. We want to stay connected. So another great way to do that is be our guest on a Sunday. I'd love to invite you to be here. If you're local, come out. We want to meet you, get to know you, worship with you. We'd really, really enjoy your company. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's message. everybody today. And Abby, you did a great job. Good to see you, Zach. Hey, we, uh, I just got some good announcements for you. I just want to start. Uh, I, I, here's the deal. I get, me and my wife, we get to do like the most amazing job in the entire world, and that's to just love you guys and pastor you. And so thank you for letting us do that. That's, it's a ton of fun. Thank you. Come on. And, um, We've got a couple key dates that I just want you to be aware of because, as you can tell, uh, this is no longer an auditorium. This this used to be where we met, and um, it, it's it's been it's been a journey. I feel like we've been living out of boxes. Anybody ever do that? You live out of boxes, maybe when you first moved to college or something. And I feel like we've been living out of boxes, just kind of getting things going. But in just a few weeks, we will be next door in the new auditorium and. Uh, so dates you need to know is that July 16th is going to be our first Sunday over there. Yeah, it's going to be cool. It's, we're doing what we call a soft launch. So that means we're just going over there. We're not making a big deal about it. We're going over there just kind of having church and we're going to figure out where all the problems are. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the lights that didn't work the first service are probably going to happen over there. We're going to just kind of get used to everything. And then a month later... On August 25th, we're having our dedication service. And what that is, it's a service where we've invited our overseers and a bunch of friends from, from around the country to come be a part of a service where we're going to be praying and dedicating the house to the Lord. There's going to be prayer, declarations, and just believing uh, for what God's going to do in this house. God's doing something really special in this valley. And, uh, and I just I love being just a small part of what he's doing right here in the Treasure Valley. So that's the 25th. And then that Sunday is August 27th, and that Sunday will be our grand opening. Uh, and so we're going to make it open to the public. So the, the 25th, you guys come, but on the 27th, invite your friends. It's going to be a grand opening. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to have a, a great time. Is that okay? Very good. Very good. Hey, this morning I got a call from a couple friends. I just want to honor uh, Pastor TJ and Leah Hanke from Refresh Church. Thanks for coming and hanging with us. Love you guys. A great life-giving church in Meridian, and uh, just just happy that you guys were wanting to hang out with us on your day off. So, I, hey, that's a pastor, right? On their day off, they go to church. <laughs> you know what they said on the way in the door? They're like, I don't know how anybody is late for church. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, we had the whole morning together. That's because it was 11:30. That's why. And um, <clears throat> but hey, hey. Um, during this season, as we're getting ready to move over there, I just want to invite you into being a part of what we're doing as a church. Uh, Abby already mentioned about getting involved in teams and going through Crash Course, but here's the deal. We may look like we have it together, but we don't. We don't. And, and, and honestly, the, the body of Christ 
is missing a key component when you have not discovered how God has designed you to, to, to operate in his, in his kingdom. So I want to invite you, go to Crash Course, get involved. Yes, we need people to get involved because God is doing something. But also, you, you will not accomplish the growth that God wants to do in you until you begin to use your life to serve others. It, it'll change your life. Um, so this summer, today, we're kicking off a brand new series on the, the Sermon on the Mount. This is uh, su- super fun. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount is a, um, it's a portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7. It's, it's Jesus's, like, his manifesto. On, it's his vision for what a new and rede- redeemed creature looks like. So in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is not telling you how to be saved. He's not trying to invite you into the kingdom of God. That's not what's going on here. What's going on here is he is telling you what you should look like as a spirit-filled follower of Jesus. This is what it looks like. He's describing what the kingdom of God looks like and how our lives are transformed as new creatures in Christ. And so when we, when we read the Sermon on the Mount and he's talking about really specific issues, it, it would be easy to read it and say, man, he must be talking about 2023. And um, he's not because people have actually not changed. Like if you think the world's going to hell in a handbasket, it's always been going to hell in a handbasket. People have always been dysfunctional. People have always been crazy. And Jesus is giving us a vision for what our lives should really look like. In fact, I would say if you are a follower of Jesus and you have not read through and and gleaned from his Sermon on the Mount, my challenge to you is this summer, read Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. And then the next week, read it again. And the next week, read it again. Don't just read it once and forget it. Keep reading through it. And you're going to discover that God is going to speak to you about the issues of your own life through the Sermon on the Mount. It's it's divided into three portions, not just in in a sense of chapter, but... um, but, it, but it's also in, in, in three portions because it begins with, um, with, with Jesus declaring blessings over a believer. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, blessed, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. And, and so he begins putting out these blessings for believers. It's, it's not a demand for what a believer should be. He's, he's not saying, please, believers, be peacemakers. No, he's, he's blessing you because if you are actually a follower in Jesus Christ, you are a peacemaker. He's declaring a blessing over our lives. And then he goes into this, the, the next portion where he begins to talk about where we as believers get our reward. Like what is the return on our investment in living for God? And he couples that with what we call the Lord's Prayer. And then the, the end of this, this, this third section, he's going to just give some, some uh, like wisdom literature. This is, this is him giving wise instruction, but, but it's, it's very different than what you might see on TikTok. It's like he's taking common knowledge and flipping it upside down, and he's saying, like, you've, this is what you've heard, but, but it's, it's flipped the, the way the kingdom of God works. So as believers, we're called to live different than the world. In fact, Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount by des- describing 
what our role is in life. He says this, if you are a believer, your job description, your role is to be salt and light. You are to illuminate and elevate the world around you. That's your job. Your job is to, by, by, by following his new kingdom vision, you change the world. You illuminate the world and you elevate the world. And then he says that his job is to fulfill all the requirements of the law. And that's what you're going to see in the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus showing you how to fulfill the heart of the law and not just the letter of the law. So um, have you ever really wish that somebody would celebrate you? You know what I mean? Like, like you just accomplished something really cool. Like you just did something that was neat and you were hoping that somebody would see what you did. Like maybe you just asked that girl out that's way out of your league and you just needed to call somebody to be like, hey, I asked her out. She said no, but I asked her out. Like maybe for you, like maybe you just got your toddler to pee in the toilet. You just needed to call your mom and be like, mom, I've done it. Like I've graduated as a mom. Like I've accomplished something big today. Maybe for you, you, um, you, you bought a, a new truck and you just, you were just hoping that the neighbors would, you'd see like their, their blinds open as you're driving into the, the neighborhood. They're like, man, you know, he's so cool. Like just, you just hoping somebody would celebrate the winds of life, or maybe for you, you just need someone to know that you finally drew a healthy boundary with that family member. Or maybe you wish that somebody could celebrate. It's hard to ask him, but you just wish somebody would celebrate the fact that you could finally speak his name without crying. It's not that you want to forget him, but it's just, it's just, it's just a win. It's just a, a milestone in this road called life. We, the deal is this, is that we all want to be recognized. Everyone in this room, like maybe you've been living for God for, for decades, or maybe you've just been uh, coming to church and you're still kind of getting to know uh, the, the things around here. I'm just saying that like all of us want to be Recognized. All of us want to be known and seen. Do you remember the, the old skit with Stuart? Grown man in his chones, you know what I'm saying? He's like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And then he'd always say this, like, look what I can do. Look what I can do. You, you remember? All of us have that deep down inside of us somewhere. Like, we never grew out of that. Like, look what I can do. Like, look at the business I just started. Look at the family I'm raising. Look what I can do. Because every one of us wants to be recognized, to be seen as a good person, to be seen as smart, to be seen as maybe successful or reliable or encouraging, maybe compassionate or attractive or strong or funny, or, or maybe you just want to be seen as wanted. All of us have a desire for recognition. Recognition is positive feedback for a job well done. It's when somebody sees you and gives you a pat on the back for, for what you accomplished or what you did. I'm just saying that all of us, there, there's a part of us that, that wants others to cheer when we got that promotion at work. There's a part of us that, that just wants somebody to recognize we finally adulted and made a good financial decision. Maybe you just want your neighbors to see when you slap that bumper sticker on your car that says, proud parent of an honor roll student. You just, you just want people to recognize how amazing your daughter is. Like, 
All of us want to be recognized. And in this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to show us where our recognition or where our reward comes from. He flips it on its head. Here's what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, watch out. He's giving you a warning. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. Why? For you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. He says if you do good things so that others will admire you, you have lost your opportunity at an eternal reward. He's, now, he's not talking about salvation. He, this is not written to unbelievers. This is written to believers. He's saying if you believe in Jesus, like if you're an unbeliever, tell everybody how amazing you are. Do it. But, it, but if you're not a believer, but if you are a believer in Jesus and you do good things for others, when you shout it from the rooftops, you are losing your opportunity at a reward from heaven. Because the truth is, is that we all want a return on our investments. And you should. If you've invested in a business, you should be getting a return on that investment. If you're in a marriage, you should be getting a return from that investment. If you're, if you're, you know, you're feeding your children, you should get a return mow the lawn, like do something on your investment. But Jesus says, when we do things and we seek the approval of someone because of it, we are forfeiting what we could gain from God. It goes on in the next verse and says this. So when you give, someone, uh, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Jesus has this thing about hypocrites, okay? Anybody know we are all hypocrites? Just me. I'm the only hypocrite in the room. There's three of us. There's three of us. Jesus, Jesus says, don't do like the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. He's saying they're blasting all over social media how amazing they are because of what they did for someone. That is their reward. It's not a bad reward, but that is the reward. Here's the deal. We all want to be recognized. Jesus goes on and he says, but when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So culturally, what would happen is when they would give in an offering or they would give to someone needy on the side of the street, they would make a big show with one hand. While they're, while they're handing the money to the other person, they're waving their hand to draw attention to the fact that they are incredibly generous and amazing people. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, don't let... Don't do that. Be subtle. Like, don't, don't give to somebody or don't give to the church or don't give to a legacy offering so that people will know how generous you are. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And then he says, give your gifts in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. He goes on in the next verse and he says this. 
when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. You see what Jesus is doing, right? Like Jesus is like the king of parallels. Like he's, he's creating a bunch of, he's going to create three parallels here. He says, he says, don't be like the hypocrites, again, who pray publicly on street corners and hold up signs to tell everybody how amazing they are. And in the synagogues where everyone can see them, I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. He's saying, when you come to church, don't be the loudest person praying. Don't be the person that wants everyone to know how spiritual they are because that is your reward other people thinking you are spiritual because the truth is we all want to be recognized jesus turns it he says but when you pray go away by yourself shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private and then your father who sees everything, will reward you. Have you ever been to Olive Garden with that aunt that just loves to pray really loud so everybody knows? You know what I mean? Like that person, like you sit down, you're at, you're at Olive Garden, and they, they pray, not, not loud enough for like the table to hear, but they're praying loud enough for like the entire store to hear. Here. Like they're not, they're not praying to God. Like they want everybody to hear. Like they're, they're witnessing. They're like, they're like quoting scripture, like calling people out. <clears throat> Jesus says, Jesus says, he's not saying don't pray, but he's saying don't do it for the audience of other people. Because when you do that, that is your reward. Is other people hearing what you did. At this point, Jesus then goes into the the Lord's Prayer, he teaches us, gives us a model for prayer. And then he ends the Lord's Prayer. And the very next verse says this. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will get. You know, so as a church, we, we fast. If, you, if you're new to celebration, we fast every year at the beginning of the year. It's something I've done for like 20 years. Just be, the beginning of the year, just, just kicking it off with a, with a season, about three weeks of just, just setting things aside. And for a lot of people around here, that looks like actually setting food aside for, for three weeks. For some people, it looks like setting aside certain types of food. For some people, social media. For some people, like whiskey. Like, like for some people, it's like making their wife mad. Like, like we... we, we <laughs> We've asked all kinds of stuff around here. <clears throat> but but here's, here's the deal. <clears throat> when we fast, and we just need to tell everybody that we work with that we're, ah, I can't eat that, I'm going to fast. Right. I can't eat with you. I'm, I'm fasting before the Lord. <laughs> or we make a huge announcement on social media. Da, 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 you know, you're like... <gasps> I just want everybody to know that I'm going on a social media fast for the next 21 days because I'm so spiritual. <laughs> like, that's your reward. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Jesus is saying. That is, the, that is the, it's not a bad reward, but you could have a better reward. He then goes on and he says it like this. He says, but when you fast, Jesus is so practical. Comb your hair. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? When I'm not feeling good, I want, 
Like, when, when I get sick, I get the man cold hard. Anybody else, like, you get the man cold, you like, everybody in the house is going to know that I'm sick. Same thing when I'm fasting. When I'm sick and when I'm fasting, it's like, I just don't feel good. I'm in a bad mood. Like, my breath stinks. Like, I'm just not happy. Jesus is like, if you're fasting, comb your hair. Wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. The other day I was out, we've got an outdoor fireplace at our house, and I was, I was making a fire and kind of getting it ready and, uh, for some s'mores with the kids because they're out for summer, and we're doing some s'mores. And um, my, my youngest goes and gets on the trampoline, and he's got, like, all these cool tricks. When I was a kid, I could do backflips, maybe, you know. But this kid is, like, he's doing all kinds, and he makes it. He's always renaming them, like, Dad, this is the, you know, the, 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 the midnight lightning. Or, like, Dad, this is the... Like, <laughs> This is like the double thunder. Like he's, he's making up all kinds of names. For like, I'm like, I, I can tell the difference. I can. Like, I can. He knows he's making, like he knows they're different. I, I'm just seeing this kid can do killer backflips. Like he, he's amazing. And so he's, I'm on the, he's on the trampoline. He's like, dad, look at me. Dad, dad, look at me. And so I'll watch him and then I like stop to turn and do what I'm doing. And it's inevitable. Like every time I look away. He notices. He's like, Dad, are you watching? <laughs> Dad. And I, I really enjoy him doing a backflip, but, but it's, this, it's this thing of, of Dad, where's the, where's the recognition for the work I'm putting in? And Jesus gives us a clue in these three parallel passages about where our recognition comes from as believers, where our significance comes from all three passages end with this one phrase, your father who sees everything will reward you. Other people don't see will reward you. So today I want to just address our paradigm of success and reward today. The first is this, is that your father sees it all. Your father sees everything. Like, have you ever wondered how somebody would act if they knew the real you? Can I just tell you that if God knew the real you, he wouldn't react because he knows the real you. He's seen the real you in your quiet moments and in your loud moments, in your successful moments and in your disappointing moments, and he still likes you, and he still calls you son, and he still calls you daughter. He's the God who knows everything. Preacher, he knows everything? Yes. He knows what you did Thursday night. He knows what you did two weeks ago. He knows what happened when you were nine years old, and he loves you with an unconditional love. You are his son. You are his daughter. I'll just tell you, like, it just in, in my life, there's so many times I just have this pressure to present myself in a certain way. Like when preacher friends from town are like, hey, I'm going to be at your church, and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I got I to gotta be on my game today. Like, I got this pressure sometimes. I just feel like, like, like I've, got, I've got to come off a certain way. I've got, to, I've got to present myself in some sort of, like, sophisticated way. I've got to speak with eloquence. I've got to be wise. I've got to be funny. Can I just be honest? I'm a socially awkward person. 
and he knows what I'm really like, and he loves me. My father sees it all, and he loves us. Can we just get rid of this mentality that says to the world, look what I can do. Look what I can do. And can we just say we've got a father that sees it all. I don't care if you see it. I don't care if you see my devotion and my compassion. My father sees it all. The truth is that his goodness is not based on my performance. His love towards me is not based on how well I do. He sees it all and he loves me. If my son couldn't do a backflip, I would still love him and I would still watch him. Let me say it like this. Insecurity asks the question, did you see me? It's the same question that we ask of our father. Did you, did you see what I did when I made that sacrifice for legacy offers, offering two years ago? Did you see it? Insecurity asks the same question. Did you see me? But it asks it of a different audience. Insecurity asks the question, did you see me to to another person, to an employer, to a family member, to friends, to Instagram. Keep circling back around looking for red dots. Did you see how funny and wise I was? Did I do enough to gain your approval? And can I just tell you with that question, did you see me? Don't take it to your neighbor. Don't take it to your parents. Don't take it to your pastor. I'm telling you, you have a holy God who sees everything and he knows it all. We just all want to be recognized. Like arrogance demands, look at what I can do. And insecurity asks, did you see what I can do? But a truly secure person says, he saw what I did. So your father sees everything. And the, the second thing that Jesus parallels in this is he says, your father will reward you. Meaning you don't need to lean into the accolades of other people. Your father sees everything about you. He knows when you stumble. He knows when you fail. And yet he still chooses, I will reward him. I will honor her. I will recognize them. I'm just saying like he sees us. I'm just blown away by the goodness of God that he sees everything I do and he still says he's like I want to reward him because he, he doesn't need to get his reward from other people. I'm going to reward him. Like we live a good life church. Like you are fortunate enough no matter what state you are in life you are the 1% of the planet. You've got breath in your lungs and you live in a free country where you can worship in a building like this. You've got frozen pizza in the refrigerator. God's been good, somebody. Well, I don't know, preacher. I don't know if he's, if he's really been that good. Maybe he's been good to somebody. Can I just tell you I have my doubts too? 
Like there are times when I think, man, I just wish this area of my life was different, right? Because usually success comes, uh, success comes with failure. They come together. They, 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 like when you're successful in one area of your life, you're usually going to fail in another area of your life. This is why you may be successful financially, but emotionally you may be failing. You, you may be doing really good emotionally, but financially could use some help. Got to get in first gear. And, and can I just say, like, even though they come together, overall, God's been really good. Like, there are areas of my life that I wish were different, that I wish were better. But he's been so good to me. He's been so incredibly good. So my question to you is this, is, is where are you getting your rewards program from? Is your rewards program like Alaska Airlines, Southwest Airlines, Marriott Bonvoy, Chick-fil-A, the opinions of other people? Or is it from your father who sees everything and will reward you? Because real security, a real sense of self, like security, internal security comes when we stop sticking our chest out in bravado, trying to act like we have it all together, and we just simply say, God's got it all under control. And he says he can see everything, and he says he'll reward it, so I'm just going to wait patiently for him to come through. Insecurity comes when we believe that we have something to prove. And we, we can't accept our own imperfections and we feel like we need to work harder. We need to try harder. We need to show somebody that we're praying, that we're giving in charity, that we're fasting, that we're doing some sort of good thing. That's insecurity. And Jesus says, no, no, no. That's completely self-absorbed and it is its own reward. Do it privately because God sees everything and he will reward you. And, and maybe today, like there's people, this is one of the things I love about our church is we've got people that are seasoned Christians. They've been living for God for decades in the room. And we've got people that don't know if they actually believe in Jesus in the room with us. And I love that we can all come together and grow in our walk with him at our own paces. I think that's healthy. But I would say this, for, for, for those of you that don't have faith in Jesus today, this is where it's going to shift. Because you would probably agree with me that, yeah, it is important that when somebody gives in charity that they're not making a big deal about themselves. Like, yeah, it's important if somebody's praying, that they don't pray for everybody. It's, it's just be, it's be, their, their walk with God is personal, which is a total lie, but their walk with God is personal. But here, here's where, if you don't believe in Jesus, where it makes a shift. Because Jesus used those things where our reward system comes from to really drive home his next point. Because his next point is this. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Don't store up rewards here on earth. Don't spend your life 
building a repertoire of rewards here where moth eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Because what he's getting at is this is, this is bigger than just what people think or say about you. This is also about where you find your value because some people don't find their value in what others think or say about you and they'll let you know. Like, I don't care what anybody says about me. You probably care a lot if you said that. But there are some people who place their value in how big their bank account is. And there's some people that place their value in what kind of car they drive and what kind of clothes they wear and how they appear to the world around them. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you can wear the nicest clothes and get your value from this earthly thing called clothing and and style, but ultimately you go and buy the nicest sweatshirt from H&M and you put it in a closet and you take it out a month later and it's got seven holes across the front because some stupid moth got in your closet. Doesn't matter what kind of fabric it is, how, how nice and impressive it is, you get a moth in your house, you will have clothes, holes in your nicest clothes. I mean, j- just yesterday, I was in the new auditorium, I was walking around, and this big old moth started flying around. I was like, no, dear God, there's new chairs in here, no, I'm like jumping, trying to get it. Because <clears throat> it doesn't matter how much you spent on it. A moth will eat through your clothing. And then he says, he says, rust will decay it. Two, three years ago now, I, I, bought a, I bought a new truck. Super proud of my truck. I was like, I'm, first truck I ever bought. So I'm like, I'm finally a man. Like, hair, <laughs> ping. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Let's go camping, kids. And my wife is thankful because I'm from Alaska, so I've been throwing dead moose and deer in the back of whatever we drove. Anyway, so she's like, I'm tired of my Corolla smelling like caribou. You know, it's just. <clears throat> and so, so I get this truck, and I'm like, man, it's so amazing. I feel so manly. Like, and then last fall, I see this little orange mark right above the wheel well. I'm like, oh, what? What? And then I see another one and another one. I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? This is like, what is going on? Like, this is not good. So I, I talked to a friend and he's like, oh, I had the same, I had the same year truck. No, no big deal. Just throw a primer on it and put flares on it. It'll look fine. I put the primer on it and guess, like, I, 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 I rubbed it. I sanded it all down and I put primer on it. And now there's like, the whole thing is orange. It looks terrible. Like, you would all be embarrassed of your pastor. Some of you are like, I know which truck that is. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so embarrassed. It doesn't matter how much money I spend on the truck. Ultimately, that truck is going to rust. Either today or tomorrow. It doesn't matter how much money you spent on that gun. I'm telling you, one day that gun is going to be a pile of rust. Your wife is right now. She's like, I told you. <laughs> I told you it wasn't an investment. They're coming for our guns, honey. (laughs) They might. You never know. It doesn't matter how nice your house is. It's good. It's good. Jesus is not saying don't have nice things. 
But just be aware that at some point, your, your house is going to be a mossy bog. At some point, your house is going to be a forest. Like Your, your house is not always going to be as shiny and nice as it is today. There, there's going to be a fire one day. Like, like, like things happen. He's just saying, like, at best, our, our, our possessions and things are insecure. In fact, even if none of those things happen, other people could break in and steal what you got. You could be walking down Venice Beach and some fool with one of those little card readers come up behind you and swipe it. And then like five minutes later, you're buying stuff in Canada and you're like, oh, my God, that happened to me. The worst. You got to go back to the bank, and like I'm just saying, like ultimately, if you put your trust and your reward system in what people say, in the possessions you have, or in the ambitions of life, it all fades. So Jesus then says this. He says, "Store your your treasures in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal." He's saying, "Come on." Where your, where your ultimate sense of recognition comes from, where your ultimate sense of security comes from, don't put it in a house, don't put it in a car, in a job, in an investment somewhere, don't put it in what people say. Ultimately, what matters most is that you put your treasures in heaven. So we invest our time, our energies, and our talents into things that last forever. Church, this is why we always hammer that you have to have a time and place with God. You've got to have your own personal time on a calendar every day and a physical location where you meet God daily because if your only spiritual diet is me on a Sunday morning a couple of times a month, I'm telling you, you are spiritually anorexic. You've got to live for a place whose builder and maker is God. You've got to store up treasures in heaven. And that looks like a time and place with God. Building a time and place, like a rhythm in your life, because ultimately, I'm telling you, the scripture says that life is like a mist. It's like a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. The scripture describes our lives like grass that, that grows during the summer, and then it vanishes, it fades. In fact, the scripture says that the, the very best of us, the most successful entrepreneur in the room, is a flower that fades. So store your treasure in heaven where neither moths nor rust can destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And then Jesus says this, where your treasure is, there the de desires of your heart will be also. Where you are investing your time, your energies, your finances, that's where your heart actually is. Jesus is not talking to unbelievers. If you're an unbeliever, spend your money and your time and your energy however you want. But if you're a believer... And you say that Jesus has captivated your heart. 
there is an easy litmus test to see if he has actually captured your heart. It is your calendar, your connections, and your checkbook. Jesus calls us to live differently than the world around us. Not just self-serving, but to store up treasures for a real return on investment. So what recognition are you seeking today as a band would come? What, what recognition are you seeking today? Are you very concerned about what people think or say about you? Are you preoccupied with the possessions that you've acquired? Are you just focused on your ambitions and dreams? I'm telling you, all of those things fade. And we are called to live for a different purpose. He goes on and says this. The next verse, it says this. I don't have it on the slide. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and you will love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and you will despise the other. And he says, you cannot serve both God and money, wealth, or influence, or prestige, or things. You can't serve God and search for recognition outside of him. We're called to be people with a singular devotion. Preacher, are you saying that we're supposed to be impoverished and not have nice things? No. There is plenty of scripture that say that God has good plans for you and that he wants his people to be blessed so that they can bless the world around them. This is the original call of God to Abraham, that he would bless all nations of the world through him. So you're saying these things are bad? No, no, no. What I'm saying is when they're misaligned, they make horrible gods. We are called to be people who gain affirmation, recognition, and reward from one, our Father, who sees everything and who will would you stand with me across the room? Right now, I just want to pray. If you consider yourself a believer in Jesus, you are who I am praying for. Maybe kind of pray maybe with like, like a prayer of commitment with me. Lord Jesus, you have given us such a grace in our lives to be seen and known by you. You have saved people in this room from destruction, from despair, from addiction and destruction. 
God, we want our lives to honor you. We want our lives to line up with how you call us to live. And you call us to be people who are not consumed with the affirmation of the world around us, but to live to be affirmed by you alone. So right now, I'm praying, God, that you would encourage that mother that has been on her knees in private, praying for her kids, just interceding for those kids that are far from you. God, I pray that you would show yourself strong and true to her. God, I pray for that business leader that's been desperate in the evening nights, wondering how they should navigate the seas of uh, of business. God, I pray that you would just show them divine wisdom, that they would hear you say in their ear, well done, daughter well done son stay faithful because your father who sees everything will reward you God I pray for that person that's in ministry that has been has countless unseen hours that they're doing where they're serving others and trying to make the difference in the lives of others and they're asking have I tended to the vines of others and forgotten my own And you say, no, son, no, daughter. I'm the father who sees everything and who will reward. So do not grow weary in doing well. In due time, you will receive your reward. I wonder in this room if there's somebody that you would say, yeah, I'm... I'm not yet a believer in Jesus. And while that is a challenging proposition you made today, I sense him calling me to give my life to him. If that's you, can you just put a hand up? Everybody in here supports that kind of a decision. Would you put your hand up if that's you in the room? I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah. Here's what we do. It's very simple. We repent and we believe. Repent means we turn away from the things in our life that we think, do, or say that don't please God. We turn away from them. And when we do this, we turn and we believe in the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And his blood washes away all those sins. And he makes us right with him. And he calls us to be a new creature. So if that's you, you raised your hand. I I want you to join me in a prayer like this. You can make these words your own or you can use it as a guide. Something like this. God, I'm sorry for the things in my life that don't please you. Would you forgive me? I'm turning away from them now. I believe that Jesus Christ died on a cross for me, that he was buried for three days. Rose again with power over sin and the consequence of sin. So, right now, I'm placing all of my faith and all of my hope in Jesus Christ alone. Say these words with me Jesus, be the Lord of my life. 
and I will follow you every day that I live. Come on, church family. There's some people that just made the best, best decision of their lives. And your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. God bless you, church. Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. We love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.